And I think that is the key to a good transition is the humility of the pastor that is transitioning out and the pastor of the tra- that's transitioning in. Appointment Ministries Podcast Network, strength for today's pastor. Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poiman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to today's podcast. This is podcast number 53 of Strength for Today's Pastor. And I'm with Pastor Steve Carr of Calvary Chapel Arroyo Grande, California. And it's a blessing to be able to speak with Steve today because he has just recently transitioned his church over to that church's new pastor. His name is George Navarez, and Steve has faithfully served in his role as senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Royal Grande for 42 years. And then, Steve, combined with the eight years before that with Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, you're approaching your 50th anniversary. Welcome to the program, and congratulations. Thanks. Thanks so much, Bill. We appreciate it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> the first time I met you. I don't know if you remember this, but I had just been freshly baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was in, I think, about September of 1973. And uh, somebody invited me to a Bible study at one of the Calvary Chapel communal homes, houses. I can't remember even which one it was. But you were teaching that day, and you were teaching out of Second Timothy chapter two. This is a faithful saying, you know that passage, and it just it blew my mind. You know, first of all, the word of God; it was wonderful. But another little side note on that particular story is that that was uh, that was what the Lord used to break me of my disdain for hippies, <laughs> which I, I didn't like hippies. And so here I am in this house full of of hippies, and I remember standing in the line for the meal, and I figured, well, I'm going to have to talk to somebody. So I turned to the the brother behind me, and I said, so how did you come to the Lord? And here he is, a full-on converted hippie. He tells me his testimony, and instantly, I just had a love for my brothers in Christ and for hippies. It was an amazing transformation, and I owe it all to you being there all of those years ago, and so I thank you for that as well. Oh, amen, brother. It was, those were interesting times. No, no doubt, no doubt. So you started the church in Arroyo Grande, and uh, 42 years ago you began, and things have been moving along since then. You are uh, known uh, among Calvary Chapel circles and in other circles for a number of things, but probably primarily for your Bible teaching, and for your ministry to married couples. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, why don't you just uh, get into it? You know, you you transitioned the church over to Pastor George, and that happened on December 29th, uh, just of the end of this last year. So what were some of the things that kind of led up to you deciding to step down, kind of what happened uh, in that process? Yeah, well, I just, I many years before, a couple of years before Chuck, Pastor Chuck died, uh, I I attended Calvary Chapel on a Sunday morning, 
And I believe that that was really the first moment that God really began to speak to me because I walked into Calvary Costa Mesa and and I had grown up there as, as a young believer and it was a f- very vibrant uh church filled with uh, multitudes of young people and older people. And when I walked in there, it was all gray hair and there were just nothing but older people there. And, and I looked around and I went, Oh my goodness, this is not good. And, and it's, you know, I really think that that really came from, you know, Chuck's view of, you know, just wanting to die in the pulpit and, and as a, I realized that as church, as uh, as a pastor grows and matures and he grays, uh, if that transition doesn't take place at some point before, you know, he's getting ready to die, it, it's just not a good thing for the church. And so I, I realized that this is this is not something I want to see take place in our church. I don't want to see our church, you know, gray and then die because I was so hung up on keeping my, my job and my position that, that I wouldn't let anybody else take over. But I also realized looking at, at my own church that I wasn't reaching young people like I used to and young couples as I used to. And so I could see the process taking place uh, and I, I think I was 67 at that moment. And and I so I realized this is, I've, I've got to make a change. And then my wife had cancer and uh, she went through all of her treatment and so on. And uh, so she was struggling physically and just weaker and, uh, you know, just needing more help from me. And in addition, then my, uh, we started, my grandson came and we started raising him uh, because of my my daughter's uh, problems with drugs and alcohol and so so raising a, a, a you know a young child and all of these issues I realized you know what I think it's time for me to transition this church to uh, to a younger man and so I informed the board, the elders, uh, and I did that in at the beginning of 2017. And I just told them, look, three years from now, I am going to, to retire to part-time ministry. And, uh, and then I asked them just to work with me to form a plan for how to do this. And so then we educated ourselves by reading uh, Passing on the Dove by Dave Rolfe. Yes, uh, his his dissertation was which was really good. But he recommended in that um, uh, dissertation the book Next, mm-hmm. which is uh, the pastoral succession that works by William uh, Vanderblumen. And he, he we so we got that book. All of the elders and board members read it, and it goes through like two hundred different. Uh, transitions of different churches, the good ones and the bad ones. And we just learned so much from that. And so we then determined our plan. And then next we determined who was going to take over. So we got the plan in place first, and then we went to who. Mm -hmm. And so we immediately looked around in our, our church and we wanted to really look first within our church because that's 
I know that's the easiest transition when somebody's already there, already a part of the the culture of the church. They, they have the vision of the church. They um, they've they're known by people in the church, and so uh, and every one of our elders and our board members instantly uh, settled on George Navarro's. Uh, my associate pastor, and he had been with me for 18 years as my uh, youth pastor, then as my associate pastor, and now he's the senior pastor. Wow. And so so then I, I just slowly gave him more and more responsibility and teaching time, and uh, he began to teach our Sunday night and our uh, Wednesday night services and he took over the lead in our men's fellowship. And, and then many of the changes that he wanted to bring about, we made before I left so that uh, we can we could really not have uh, him, you know, create any conflict with, with people. So wise. Uh, yes. And that really worked well. And... And then we, uh, then I shared with the congregation. The whole time, the congregation has no idea what what we're doing. And then I, about eight months before I actually uh, retired to to part time ministry, I I shared it with the church, uh, gave a Bible study addressing why the change was needed, and and their instant acceptance. When I mentioned, I said George is going to take over the church erupted in, <laughs> I love in it. applause and they, they just stood up. I mean, it was a standing ovation, basically. They just went. And so I realized the church has accepted this. This is great. This is great. Yeah. And, and so they saw that it was just the best choice. Mm. And then, then the, in the last few minute, uh, months, just before uh, I actually retired, I, I began deferring all the major decisions to him because the effects of the, those decisions were going to fall under his watch, not mine. Mm-hmm. And so I would, somebody would come and say, well, we want to do this next year. And I'd say, well, George, what do you want to do? This is, this is in your decision and I'm not going to make that decision. And so it, that really worked well. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, George was never uh, in a hurry to take over. Uh, when we, we chose him, he, he just said, he said to me personally, he said, Steve, I'm, I'm not in a hurry to do this now, you know. And I said, that's great. And I said, but, you know, I just, that only proves to me all the more that you are the right guy to take over. Right. Right. Because of his humility. And and I think that is the key to a good transition is the humility of the pastor that is transitioning out and the pastor of the tra- that's transitioning in. Right. Because you, you had to uh, be willing to step aside and let him lead, which you did incrementally and very intentionally. And then he on his side had to be patient and not be trying to hurry the process. I can really see where that humility uh, comes into play. And, you know, we think about it, I think about it anyway, is sort of like what happens in a heart transplant operation. You know, you're taking one heart out, and then you're putting another heart in. And, of course, the doctors are hoping that this body will accept the new heart. 
And so we want to be sure in a transition that there's not going to be any rejection of the new organ, so to speak, that comes in, i.e. the new senior pastor, but rather an acceptance. And their applause and their overwhelming response to George being named, and I'm sure a lot of that was also appreciation for you, Steve, uh, was confirmation that there is indeed going to be a reception of the new organ uh, yes. so to speak. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's great. So in, go ahead and, and keep telling the story because it's an awesome one. Well, then the, the final thing was the, the final Sunday. And so I had a, a plan that I, I wanted to do with this final study because before I came to Arroy Grande and the home fellowship that, that began this church, there were like, you know, 10, 12 people in this home fellowship. And uh, the guy that invited me to come, he knew a pastor that came and spoke to him and said, let me explain to you what what this is going to entail to start a church. And so he explained all the problems, all the struggles, the difficulties, the blessings. And, and then he specifically, he said, look, this is how you should treat your new pastor that's coming. And so he just kind of prepped them to love on me. And so what that's what I wanted to do with George on that last study was I just gave a study called how, how can you love your new pastor? And so I went through all of the explanation of how they should treat him and how they should not uh, judge him and not, question his motives, you know, how they should come and talk to him personally when they have a question, uh, you know, how they should treat his family and, and not, you know, put unrealistic expectations on, on his children or his wife and, and just how to, to really encourage them. And I had a, I had a pastor, uh, sitting in the service that uh, his is a brand new pastor, and so he came up and said, "You know, could you come and do that that study at my church?" <laughs> <laughs> and because he goes, he goes, that isn't happening in my church, and and so I thought, well, that only proved to me that it was very effective, and and then I then at the very end, I just said. Uh, I invited George up to the podium and I just said, look, um, George is going to close the service as your new pastor. And I, I stepped off the podium and I went and sat down in the pew and, and he, again, the church just erupted in applause and just accepting him. And it was the sweetest thing, Bill. It just, uh, the power of the spirit was so so present and and George was just he was just overcome by emotion uh, he could hardly pray literally and uh, and but the spirit was just so obviously there and then now I'm I'm sitting in the pew and I am uh, I, I was sitting there last Sunday and listening to him and I I looked over to my wife and I said Oh, we chose the right man. <laughs> and because it just, God's anointing is just obviously on him. And I was ministered to, and I, I believe everybody else was too. 
Yeah. And I can almost feel you, Steve, sitting in the pew uh, in that role for the first time and just cheering him on. I could imagine you being his his biggest cheerleader in your heart. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What a great what a great story. So uh as that whole thing was was going on, you know, and and as you shared that, I'm so glad it was recorded. In fact, it would be a good time to to have you share how to get to that recording because that's something that pastors need to need to be able to do if they're going to transition their churches and, you know, that's what people in the fellowship need to know about how to handle a relationship with their pastor. I I listened to it. I thought it was excellent. It was thorough and it was very clear. Uh, but how do they get that? How do they find that? Yeah, they all they have to do is just go to uh, covenantkeepers.org. That's that's my marriage website. And uh, covenantkeepers.org and just look for the little tab up at the top of the page, the homepage it's called uh, it says media. And then you click on that and it'll take you to uh, the audio studies and the audio studies. And we're going to have it also uh, on our YouTube channel as well. So you can look at it and uh, at either place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. That's excellent. So the, uh, the study was, was effective. And, you know, as you were sharing that just a minute ago, I was thinking of Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey those who have the rule over you as those who must give account for your souls. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. And so you've actually helped the people understand how their senior pastor can do his ministry with joy rather than with grief. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That's great. So it was a very clear process. It was a very intentional process. It was well thought out. You passed on preaching and teaching responsibilities as well as oversight and decision-making responsibilities. And by the time December 29, 2019 came, George was ready to step into that role and you were ready to slide over into your new role uh, with the church and in your own ministry. Yes, yes. And so what he did was uh, he hired me back to just do counseling one day a week there at the church. And, and I, you know, which I love to do. So, and it just helps him because he doesn't have to take on all the responsibilities of, of counseling. And, and yet I, I do want to mention, I did step down from all of my leadership Rolled. Uh, I'm not on the board. I am not an elder of the church. I don't go to any of those meetings. I am just a regular person that he has hired to do counseling, and that's it. Well, that's a good distinction to make, and I appreciate you sharing that because uh, some guys could actually come on in their new role as a sort of a pastor emeritus and be part of things, but that would be really rare. I'm sure you could have done it because of the way you and George were working together, but that really wasn't what God was calling you to do, apparently, and your role one day a week just seems like it would be a perfect fit. Yeah, it is. It, it, I've already started, and it just works and works well, and I, I've just given that, that, um, that encouragement to him to go and lead as, as God directs him. Mm -hmm. and. 
I'm, I'm just going to step back. And if anybody has, uh, you know, an issue with him and they come to me, I am just going to say, I am not the person to talk to and I'm not going to get on your side. I'm not going to, uh, you know, be a part of any, any kind of rebellion against him. You need to go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. So. So another thing that that does, Steve, as I'm thinking this through a little bit, is by you being available one day a week for counseling, that helps some of the older folks in the fellowship uh, with, you know, the grief that they'll be experiencing having lost you as their senior pastor. You're still in the area. You're still available, but on a very limited level and a very important level. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't forget about the gray hairs in our churches. I mean, we are the gray hairs, but we can't forget about them. (laughs) Yes. Because they're important. They're super important, and they've got gas left in their tank, just like you do, just like I do. And so let's use that gas up. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So what's next for you in in ministry? What's, uh, What's going on with Steve and Susie Carr? Well, I'm I'm you know continuing to counsel there, and I'm I'm still doing uh, my marriage retreats that I do uh, around the country. Uh, I've got one in February that I'm going to do, and I uh, just love to to teach couples conferences and encourage couples because that's really just the the core of my heart and and ministry and. And then I also train uh, marriage counselors uh, within churches. And so I've, I'm doing another um, uh, counselor training out in Long Island uh, in May at uh, Calvary Chapel out there. And they're going to invite, uh, you know, anyone from anywhere around in that area to come to the, the training. So I'm going to continue doing those two things and then writing uh, I'm going to continue to write, you know, I've written a book, uh, Married and How to Stay That Way and Winning Your Personal Battles, which is kind of a, a sequel to the marriage book because it covers all of the complicating issues that come up in marriage counseling that that, that hinder a relationship between two people. And so I'm going to continue to write, but I, I'm just going to put all of my new writing just on our website at covenantkeepers.org and and just you know when i'm not going to publish any more books because it's that's too expensive and too uh time consuming so we're just going to put it on for free on our website and let let people access it there okay so let me get this straight steve this this sounds like a deal too good to be true so i'm a pastor of a church in such and such a state and I've got lots of married people in our fellowship, and I'm feeling pressured with the weight of of couples counseling, and the staff is overworked and overwhelmed in that area as well. So I can call Steve and Susie Carr, and, and they'll come, and they'll do a seminar, and they'll train people in our fellowship to be able to help and strengthen the existing couples in, in that fellowship. That's what you're offering. Yes, yes, that's correct. And that's, you know, we've written a manual as well, a counseling manual. It's called uh, Counseling Couples in Crisis. And so I use that manual and teach through that uh, in the different churches that we go to. And uh, it just, it gives people an understanding of premarital counseling, 
ongoing marital counseling and crisis counseling with a couple, and then also general counseling, how, you know, getting those general principles of how you do biblical counseling versus psychological counseling is such an important thing for people to get that grasp of, of how are they equipped to do this. And God's word is the equipping uh, uh, ability that, that he gives to them to be able to speak the truth of God into their lives. And, and if they will hear it and obey it, it will change them forever. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, this is Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 stuff. This is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. Yes. That's outstanding. Yeah, so that's like a no-brainer, I would think. You know, let's you know, sign them up. Let's have them come. This is, this is wonderful. And I'm sure the senior pastors will benefit as well because, you know, how many have had uh, 50 years of, of practice in ministry uh, using the Word of God in the same way? Right on. That's good. Well, uh, what else is going on? I mean, you've you've got Covenant Keepers too. Is that still available for a monthly subscription? Is that still going out that way? Yes, yes. So they can just uh, what we're doing is uh, we're emailing those two people now instead of mailing through the mail. And all they have to do is just go to covenantkeepers dot org and they can sign up for that, and it'll come directly to their email. Uh, inbox and and I'm going to continue to write those because there's just so many issues that that couples need to address and all the back issues there I think there are 57 back issues on the website that they can access for mm-hmm. free so and if they want to print them out in a hard copy from the uh, email text that you send them they could do that I suppose right Oh, no, right from the website. They can print it out right from oh, okay, the website. Okay, great. So that means that yeah. you know they can just have it available in the foyer or wherever they want to make it available. Right on. And lots of, couple, lots of churches do that. Yeah, well, I go to churches and speak in various places, and I see covenant keepers right there on their shelves and on their literature racks. So I can attest to that. It's happening. All right, good. So um, how do they get in touch with you and how do they connect with you in order to be able to schedule you for any of these things? Well, they can get my email address right from the website or they can just, I can give it to you right now. It's it's S-C-A-R-R-C-K at lightspeed.net. And they can contact me through that that means and we would love to come. I remember you had that email address back in the early 90s when we went to Russia together. Yes. So you, you are a long-time email address holder. Yes, I am. <laughs> you do everything for a long time, Steve. That's great. You've been hey. married for a long time. You've pastored for a long time. And you have the same email address for a long time. Amen. That's great. I, I appreciate you mentioning the books, too. Um, the book, How to, How to Be uh, you know, Married and How to Stay That Way. A treasury of practical solutions based solely on God's word is part of the subtitle, and it includes a study guide, the new edition, which wasn't in the original uh, version of that book. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. I think it's a great book. I think it's tremendous, and uh, 
the, some of the takeaways. I mean, probably the leading takeaway that I've had from that book, Steve, is, is when you go into a discussion on God's purpose for marriage out of Genesis 2. That has just been such a life changer for me. Amen. That yeah. is, that is the, that's the foundation. It truly is. Yeah, I believe it. So married and how to stay that way, winning your personal battles, covenant keepers, opportunities for retreats, conferences, pulpit supply, uh, counselor training, all of it is available at covenantkeepers.org or by emailing Steve Carr at S Carr C K that's S C A R R C K at lightspeed.net. And they can get in touch with you that way. So just to wrap up this podcast, Steve, um, I'd like to just take a couple of minutes uh, to say anything you'd like to say to senior pastors who are probably the majority of those listening to this podcast, just as a personal uh, word of encouragement from you, a man who's been in ministry for 50 years and a man who's been a senior pastor for 42 of those 50 years, uh, what would you have to share right now in a couple of minutes to senior pastors? You know, I just would really like to encourage each of the guys that are listening right now to just consider what is the best interest of your church. Make that the the first priority. What is in the best interest of your church? And I looked at, at our church and I realized what is in the best interest of this church is to transition to a younger man. And I realized that it was a necessary thing. And I see now what a good thing it is because I've, I've seen absolutely no change in the attendance or anything that's going on. In fact, I see some new young people coming now and just even in the last few weeks, it's been incredible. And, you know, I just, you know, we're supposed to train up and disciple others to take our job. And that is a, a senior pastor's responsibility, discipling and training up those that can do the work of the ministry. And one of the very important issues that we need to train somebody up in is to basically take over the church one day. And so I, I encourage each of the guys, you need a long-term plan. How are you going to do this? And and begin to work on it because every one of us is uh, is temporary. That's right. And the, the transition will take place whether you want it to or not one day. And, you know, years ago, even before I decided to step aside, I, I came back from a pastor's conference one time and I realized, you know, because they were, this issue came up at the conference do we have an emergency plan? What happens if, if I had a heart attack tomorrow? What, what is going to happen to the church? And how is the church going to deal with that? And I, I realized we had no emergency plan for what we were going to do. So we did that before we actually even did the long-term plan for the transition. So I encourage pastors, look, guys, um, you better have an emergency plan for what happens because those emergencies happen. And 
and then have a long-term plan for how you're going to transition uh, to a younger man one day. And the Lord will lead you. Absolutely. Perfect summary. Thank you so much, Steve. It's been such a blessing to connect with you and have you share the story again. I've heard it before, but uh, it's always fresh and real, and it just thrills my heart what the Lord is doing with you, with Susie, with Pastor George, with CCAG, and all of the things that God has for the future of all of you in his great and wonderful name. So thanks for joining us again. Amen. My pleasure, Bill. God bless. Amen. God bless you too. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poiman Ministries. You can find us at poimanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.